How you doing? This is Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm TJ Miller. And right now you're listening to Sandra Carusi. The one and only Sandra Carusi. Carusin' on down the listing highway. Welcome to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio, AM 640 and HD Radio. I'm Sandra Carusi. The show, Inside Jokes, everything to do with comedy. And sometimes we're so blessed to have some incredible talent uh, come through our studio and live from New York, we have a very, very special talent. Okay, this is a score. I just want to say, hang on. The host of The Daily Show, Mr. Trevor Noah. Welcome, Trevor. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So nice to have you. This is uh, quite a blessing. You're not a stranger to Toronto because of JFL 42? I'm not a stranger to Toronto, and uh, honestly, Toronto made me feel like I was uh, I was home. Really wonderful place to visit. Yeah, what's the audience like here when you're performing compared to other They're markets? They're amazing. They're, you know what I love about about Canada as a whole is is how diverse it is. Like mm-hmm. I, it has like a, a real rich vibe of cultures, so different languages, different people. Mm-hmm. And there's, an ex- there's an inclusiveness about Canada that really appeals to me when I do when I do my comedy shows, so I really have a great time. Mm-hmm. So you play with JFL 42, and of course, March 19th, you're coming into town, uh, Casino Rama. Uh, very exciting there. There's tickets available at Ticketmaster. Um, have you played Rama before? No, I have not. This is my first time, so I'm really, really excited. Yes, that's going to be, that's a great venue, too, for comedy, too. Um, so very exciting when you talk about, of course, you would notice a diversity here coming from South Africa. Mm-hmm. bit of a different market being in the states it's more of a melting pot and um one thing about comedy am i correct on this there's no hecklers in south africa did i <laughs> yeah, hear you say are. that for the most part that's true yeah we it's just not it's just not part of the culture really it's like a very polite culture is that what it is it, it well, it's not a polite culture it's just we don't we don't do that for the comedy per se you know so, um, so you know, like even in the U.S., heckling per se, it's not like a, it's not a sport. If you go to, if you go to the U.K., for instance, there are guys who are so good at heckling that some people come to the show just for the heckling. They don't, they're not even there oh for the comedy. Goodness. Seriously. Yeah. And so yeah, that, they're it, part of the really show. Fun. There's some places like there's a place called Up the Creek that mm-hmm. honestly had the best hecklers I've ever seen in my life. They're, they're hilarious. So as a comedian, you go there just to be heckled, and the, the hecklers have the best jokes you've ever heard. Do you think Jimmy Carr, that's why he's so good at roasting, because he just comes from that Brit culture of heckling? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's really smart, really funny, really good, but he's been in a world where people have heckled him for so long. Yeah, of course. So it changes your uh, kind of uh, persona as a comic, I guess, when you come, come through the ranks in that manner, right? Yes. So for you, you're a dedicated, hardcore stand-up comic. I heard that you would, you know, very nocturnal, of course, you would do a gig you know, early evening and then do a second set of shows after that. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. That's right. Was that just in South Africa or, or also when you came to uh, North America? That was everywhere. Like I, uh, I, I loved just the idea of waking up, uh, you know, in the middle of the day, start my day in the middle of the day. <laughs> and then, cause I, you know what I, I always envy there's people at their, their normal jobs, they get to, they get to wake up, go to work, and then they have the rest of the day to relax. That's right. So I was like, why do I have to work at the end of my day? So I decided that I would start my day, go do comedy, and then um, start my day, go do comedy, and then go and have an evening afterwards. Good. Good for you. And, and how does that now with The Daily Show, how does that all fit in with your stand-up? And, and uh, Daily Show is taped? 
early in the night, it or is. is it live? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's taped on the night, so we tape it about 7 p.m., and then it's on the air at 11. So we try and keep it as short as possible to catch any new, uh, you know, breaking news that pops up. Mm-hmm. What's the single mo- biggest thing that you didn't expect when you started hosting The Daily Show? Um, what's the biggest thing I didn't expect? Yeah. I think the biggest thing I didn't expect was was for people to only expect it to be news. You know, it's gotten to a point in America where people are almost not interested in comedy anymore. They want the news, which is which is an insane thing to, to be mm. a part of. You, you, you realize, I guess, how bad it's become when, when people want a comedy show to be giving them their news. Yeah, I think they, maybe they want it straight from the hip instead of the very biased kind of news uh, institutions out there. Do you think that's what it is? I guess I don't even think the news institutions are biased per se. It's, well, I mean, some can be more than others, but, but I think it's just more around people people not being interested in the bad news mm-hmm. um, or the way the news is presented. And, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's become less about news and more about entertainment value on the news. So, so that's the biggest thing I didn't expect was how much people would need a show um, that does that. So, how did you so it's t- interesting for me, but I'm, I'm, still, I'm still morphing it where I'm trying to explain to people that you can still do all of these things through comedy. Yes, so you had to change direction a little bit from what you initially thought it would be? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. And I mean, it's funny because, you know, John always said that to me. He goes, people always forget that it's a comedy show. People always, uh, mm. uh, you know, forget that it's a comedy show. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, that's, that's like a really interesting thing to consider. So you've got to bring it back to that every show, even though I'm sure yeah. you're very tempted to kind of go with the politics angle with so much going on, right? Yeah, but then then it's no longer a comedy show. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk a bit more with that. We have a very special guest, Trevor Noah from New York. From The Daily Show, I'm Santa Carusi on Inside Jokes on Talk Radio AM 640. This is Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio AM 640 and HD Radio. And we're back. I'm Santa Carusi on Inside Jokes with the gorgeous Trevor Noah from New York. Wishing he was in studio. He's playing uh, Casino Rama March 19th, Trevor. Yes, March 19th. I'm excited. Canadians love you. Let's talk. And I honestly enjoy it. I really, really love Canada. I mean, yeah. I just got back from Vancouver, and mm-hmm. honestly, it's, it, it's mind blowing out there. It's too much fun. Is it? Uh, let's talk about. You're not really an indigenous American, of course, and nor am I. Yes. So let's talk a- about the Americans like the rest of the world does, how we talk behind their back. And I know you work there, but let's just talk seriously. You're doing yes. a show about politics. Look what's going on with the Trump master. Do you not just want to scream into the camera, what's wrong with you people? Do you ever think of that? Does it just blow you away what's happening over there? Oh, not not really, funny enough. I... Maybe it's because I come from a place where we just went through the same thing, you know. We, Interesting. In what we way? Had the, we had the crazy candidates who everyone thought was a joke initially, and then the guy turned out and won. Jacob Zuma. And, yeah, exactly. And so I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's shocking. And also I think all it does is it, it, um, it brings to the fore emotions and feelings that have been buried for a long time. Mm-hmm. So... You know, that's something I also don't take for granted is we, we, like to, we like to sweep things under the rug while they're happening and, you know, act like everything is fine and dandy. And really, there's a lot of issues that we need to be dealing with in society that we aren't. And so this is what happens is somebody comes, becomes a mouthpiece for those 
negative feelings and the feelings reemerge. So are you supporting Trump kind of? Is that what I'm hearing? Or what oh, do you no, mean? No, 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 no. So what no. do you mean by that? Then negative feelings and it's time that people oh, talk no. about what I'm what I'm saying is people go Trump is crazy, people go and but you like no no no, but you must remember people are voting. Yes, for Trump. right. What's that tell you? Everyone has a, everyone has the right to be crazy. Mm-hmm. What we should ask ourselves is who are the people following him and why? Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize how damaged the nation is and how much hate there still exists. Mm-hmm. Because if a, if, a, if a hateful message like that can be met with so much support, you then realize that there's a lot of damage that hasn't really been dealt with mm-hmm. in a country. And, uh, and so it's, it's honestly not surprising to me at all. Well, Chris Rock at the Oscars, along that line, what did you think? Did he go too far? Or do you think that message needed to be to conveyed? I don't, I don't think a comedian ever goes too far. Ah. I think that's the, that's the job of comedians, is mm. to go too far. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, if comedians are not going too far, then who's going too far? Mm-hmm. Is that you our know, job, so, though? Is that our job as comedians? As comedians, yeah, I, I believe so. And going too far doesn't just mean racially. It's, it's in everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go too far in terms of talking about uh, relationships. Sometimes you go too far in, to- in talking about uh, you know, society's norms, sometimes you, it's always about going too far because you have to keep pushing that boundary uh, to get conversations going in, 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 dire- in certain yeah. directions. Well, Hannibal, and, Hannibal did that when he kind of outed Cosby, I guess. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So that needed to so, be done. So, so that's, that's what it is. It's just Chris Rock did an amazing job. How about um, Mike Ward? Of course, you know him from the Just for Laughs tour. Yes. And uh, I'm not sure if you're aware he's up against the Human Rights Tribunal. Are you aware of this? I did not know this. Okay. So he makes a joke about a, a boy from, a young man from Quebec with a facial dis- disfigurement. And um, the young man now is taken war to the Human Rights Tribunal. And there's a lot of comedians supporting him. Actually, 15 of them have gone to court for him and saying this is a form of censorship. And Ward is saying, look, you know, it's a joke. It's meant to make people laugh. I'm not trying to offend the guy. Uh, what do you feel about that? Well, that's interesting. I don't know what he said, though. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's one of those where I would have to read up on it and figure out what he said and how it was said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe, you know, unfortunately, free speech is free speech for a reason. This is, this is the world we live in, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it goes all ways, negative mm-hmm. and positive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but without knowing what he said, yeah. I, 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 don't know, I don't know for certain, you know, because everything in comedy is contained within comedy and without perspective. Like if, if I comment, I would fall victim to what a lot of people fall victim to, and that is yeah. they make their assumptions and their comments based on something they don't know anything about. And mm-hmm. everyone just, they hear a piece of the story and they go, well, I'm pro or I'm against. But it's right. like, no, 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 without context, all comedy is good or bad. Trevor, is there anything that isn't funny? I think all things can, there is a funny side or there is something funny about everything. Mm-hmm. Even things that are not funny. I'm not saying that the actual topic is funny. Mm-hmm. You know, there is nothing funny about cancer, but you can make jokes in and around cancer as someone like Tignataro has shown. Yes. So, so <laughs> there is nothing funny about a lot of things, but that is exactly what comedy is. Yeah. It's, it- it's, it's about going, what can we laugh about in this? How can we broach this topic in a way that makes people laugh? It's funny. So I have cancer. I've been battling it for two years, Trevor. 
And uh, in my stand-up, I, I've, I've watched Tig, of course, Tig Notaro, who had breast yes. cancer, and actually did a t- documentary on Netflix. She did a great yep, job with yep. it. It was a beautiful one, yes. Beautiful. And, and I've been wondering how I'm going to incorporate it, because I think it'll help a lot of people. And I think it goes back to you could make certain jokes um, based on your ethnic background, and I can make jokes on being a woman and, and now having cancer, right? That pretty well gives me... Or is it too sensitive still to talk about even though tig does it i mean she has a profile i don't i don't i don't think it's about it's about being sensitive nor is it about the profile i think what Mm -hmm. what makes comedy comedy is sharing your experience authentically so Mm -hmm. the best way i think of it is i go how would i talk about this to my friends what would Mm -hmm. i say to them about it and that's what i'm trying to recreate with an audience Mm -hmm. and it's that authenticity that people connect with yes so you know, everyone from Louis C.K. through to Tig Notaro, through to mm-hmm. Chris Rock, and all these people, it's the authenticity that you're connecting with in the way they feel about what they feel. Yes. And so if you're doing the same thing, no one can fault you for that. It's like, what do you find funny about your situation? Mm-hmm. And people will relate to it through that. It's funny how sometimes specificity becomes broad. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good point with Trevor Noah from The Daily Show with us live from New York. I'm Santa Cruz. We're going to talk more about that. And it's interesting. Authenticity always comes up with every comic. And we're going to talk about that after the break. I'm Santa Cruz on Inside Jokes, Talk Radio, AM 640. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio, AM 640 and HD Radio. March 19th, Casino Rama. Tickets at Ticketmaster for our man here, Trevor Noah, on the line with us. Hello, Trevor. Welcome back. Thank you very much. I'm so excited. I don't even, I was having all kinds of hot flashes while we're on break. Uh, and you're back. I'm looking at this picture of you. Um, are you single? I just, just not for me, just for people in general who want to know. No, I'm not. No, I'm not single. Oh, okay. That's why. All right. Just checking. Again, not for me. But still, good to watch at Rama. Um, <laughs> what inspires you? Um, it, you know, it's hard when you're continuously doing shows. When you're doing a daily show like you do, and then you're doing your stand-up, how do you get writing? What inspires you? What do you do? Do you just go through the news or what? No, I, I, I live and I talk to people. I, I often mm-hmm. tell people, like, the daily show is my job, but stand-up comedy is my passion. Ah. So, you know, being on stage is, is where I exist it's mm-hmm. where I think, it's where I share my views with my audience because we have a direct connection. Mm-hmm. So it is completely different to TV because the thing is only happening in that space. It's not going anywhere else. There is no interruption. Mm-hmm. It's a pure connection that we share. So mm-hmm. that's where I go to relax. That's where I go to be myself. Interesting. What's the, when you've been on the road so much, what's the funniest thing that's happened on the road? I always like to wow, ask. Wow, there, there are too many funny things that have happened on the road. Like the most bizarre Oh, wow. You know, with a fan or a heckler. That is so intense. Now I have to, I can't even narrow it down. There's so many. many? I talk about about most of them in my Mm stand-up. Like, there are so many crazy ones that that happen. I remember at one show, like, a a group of women came to a show, and then they had such a good time that afterwards they offered me a strip show. They were professional (laughs) strippers. And they were like, hey, we'd like to reward your performance with our profession because you did a good job. We'll reward you with ours. And I was just like, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Did you take it? Come on. I couldn't. We were in the lobby of the venue. (laughs) That's a nice offer, though. You got to love that. Were other comics with you? Were they like, come on, let's do yeah, this? Yeah, they were. They were. I mean, everyone was like, this is, this is insane. <laughs> um, what are the qualities you respect in a comic? 
What are the qualities I respect in a comic? Yeah. I think... Like who, for example? Three things. Three things is um, respecting the craft, respecting the audience, and being fearless. Those Mm. are the three things that are are really, really uh, powerful attributes that I respect in comedians where I go you can see that in in the work ethic of the comedians just mm-hmm. you know respecting respecting what you were doing going i'm actually going to make this a show like people always go hey do you do you make stuff up or do you writing this stuff and mm-hmm. I, go, I work very hard on my show because if you're going to pay money to come out and see me like i wouldn't want to go to a restaurant where guys are just making it up as they go along yeah. well let's see what happens i want to know that i'm going to a place where there's amazing stuff now i don't mind if in the middle of the meal the chef goes hey i'm trying out this new little uh, dish, he has a little taste of it, and I, I wouldn't mind that. That's not, that makes the experience unique. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like to know that someone respects their craft. I also do like to know that someone respects the audience. You know, yes. I, I do my best to make the audience feel like I am there 100% doing the show mm-hmm. for them to the best of my ability. I'm trying to give them the best show. And then most importantly is trying to be fearless, mm-hmm. which, which is not as easy as it seems because, you know, you... You don't want. You don't necessarily, for me, want to offend or hurt people. Or, mm-hmm. but you you have to, you have to try to get to that place because, to a certain extent, you have to believe that there are people out there who believe what you believe and who are thinking what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. But we're all afraid to say it because we've just been raised in societies where, we now get judged for everything we say or mm-hmm. we. Or we get chastised for having opinions that are different to those of others. Yeah. So, so when you when you go into that fearless place, I mm-hmm. feel like audiences can come there with you. You know, when you're talking about offending people and worrying about that censorship comes up again, um, you got in. You were interviewed by Seinfeld on comedians and cars getting coffee, and he had been known to say he won't perform uh, necessarily at universities and colleges because of the fear. Not so much of the yeah. fear, but you know, of the retribution because of being having to be too politically correct. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Will you perform at those uh, those venues? Oh, no, I, I still perform at colleges and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's because, you know, also we're at different stages of our lives, you know? Yeah, that's oh, true. He doesn't have to. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's much older than I am, first of all. And yeah. secondly, he's, you know, he, he's just in a different place in his life, which I completely understand. Yeah. Which I com- mean, if, I came up, if I came up against those things in, in my world, I think I would make the same decisions yeah, that he has. for sure. Um, so, so, but I understand what, what Seinfeld was saying, mm-hmm. and we... We must be careful of that. Is is over analyzing everything because yeah. if you're not careful, if you chastise everyone for everything they've said in every conversation, you risk getting to a place where people no longer wish to have conversations. That's right. And so now, instead of talking, yes. nobody's talking because we're so afraid that what we say will be used against us in a court of law, and then we just we never move forward. Whereas, a lot of the time, you go, "Oh, okay, that didn't work for me, or I didn't agree with that." But that thing was really great. Mm-hmm. So what are you fearless about? I mean, I, there's so much. Of course, you talk about race relations. Um, what else? Like, what are you talking about in, in this new show that you oh, want to get the across? Show? Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, I'm talking about everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm talking a little bit about what's happening in America right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm talking um, a lot about just random things as well. That's, that's the fun thing about my show. People always ask me, they go, what do you focus on? And I'm like, mm-hmm. my show is everything. Politics, mm-hmm. relationships. Um, friends, family, observational stuff, mm-hmm. random anecdotes. I talk about absolutely everything, and I try to weave it together into one cognizant show that makes sense. Who, who's your favorite late-night host besides yourself? 
who's my favorite late night host? Yeah, who do you like watching? Myself? Uh, that's a tough one. If we're going, I mean, I guess he's Past not technically present. a late night host, but I mean, John mm-hmm. Oliver is just the most amazing yeah. thing to watch on TV. Absolutely. He's just, you know, like you see it with, with, with comedians, they hit their stride, you mm-hmm. know, like you saw it with Amy Schumer in the past year. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Louis C.K. a few years ago. There's nothing more amazing than watching a comedian hit their stride at mm-hmm. the right time. It's like an athlete that hits their peak, and you get to see that. And for me, that's what John Oliver is doing right now. It's, it's so much fun to watch. Well, Trevor Noah, thank you so much. Trevor Noah of The Daily Show on each evening at 11 o'clock. He will be performing at Casino Rama March 19th. Call Ticketmaster right now to get your tickets. Make sure before they sell out. Trevor, thank you so much for joining us on Inside Jokes. Thank you very much. I, I'll see you probably at JFL. I'm sure you'll be back, too. <laughs> Hopefully, over and over. As long as Canada will have me, I will, I will be there. Oh, that's what they all say to me, the boys. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you. Now back to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio, AM 640 and HD Radio. Santa Cruz, the inside joke, so much fun there with Trevor Noah from New York. Now we have in studio the lovely, talented comedian and host, Dini DeMacos. Hi. Welcome back, Dini. Thank you for having me. I love having you. And on the phone, we have producer Byron Martin. Hi. Hello, Byron. <laughs> Byron develops independent film. And actually now, coming up in the next month, Disney just uh, purchased his show called Backstage, which will be on the Family Channel. That's exciting, Byron. You excited about that? It's exciting. It's my second show with a company called Fresh Television, Mm -hmm. their baby. And uh, the last show that I did was uh, My Babysitter's a Vampire. Another Disney hit. Mine was. Mine was a vampire. (laughs) Real live. That's what she told me when she continuously bit me. Well, they charge you now like a vampire. They suck that's, the life out of you. That's, that's so, and it's funny because you went from producing American Pie uh, franchise, American Pie Presents Beta House and The Naked Mile to um, now children's programming, which is hilarious. That's that's your range. That's range. As that's an range. artist. Um, I met Byron. Byron had, uh, through our mutual friend, Karen Kelly, who's a producer of uh, independent film, uh, you had your big Oscar party that we enjoyed. Yes, always an annual event. Yeah, so there was a lot of filmmakers in the room, a right? A lot. Yeah, directors, yeah. producers, uh, and distributors, and people mm-hmm. come, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it was a great, uh, fun night to fill out a ballot and uh, screen bet. the screen. Bet, bet, bet. And, uh, and uh, we're here to talk about the Oscars a little bit, um, and the Chris Rock performance. That's mm-hmm. what we do, comedy, police, action. Dini, top yeah. What do you say, Chris Rock? Did he go too far, or were we okay with what he did? I guess because I'm a comedian, I just wanted him to go further, and I didn't. <gasps> I didn't feel that he did push the envelope what? as far as he could have. What? Yeah, I wanted it to be like the second coming of Beyonce at the Super Bowl. Like I wanted <laughs> police to just turn in their badges after his performance. Yeah. And that didn't happen. I just thought he was too nice. And I mean, there were some hard-hitting jokes wow. for sure. Grandmother hanging from a tree joke? That was a little dark. Come on. I mean, as soon as he said uh, that in the memoriam, it would be all of the people who'd been shot by white policemen <laughs> in America. The room went silent. Yeah, You're and he just needed to keep place. drilling and drilling. And yeah. drill. that's, how, that's how I like my Chris Rock. I okay. like him hardcore. Yeah, right. I like him honest. Nothing yeah. he said was dishonest. Right. 
Um, he can't get into Rihanna's panties. <laughs> yeah, I don't, that was you know, good. he's not Drake. Uh, You're not Drizzy. Nice try. No one can. I'm sorry, I missed that. Drake and Rihanna are they? Uh... They have. They've dabbled. Oh, I missed that. She's okay. a size queen, so. There you go. And the, the three Chinese kids got picked up and uh, each oh, yeah. got series now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're the three all Chinese. presented by William Morris. So it was a good night for them. Yeah, the little Asian kids that he introduces, the accountants. Is yeah, that yeah, he that was them cute. And who said, if you're on your phone right now, they created those phones too? That's it. Yeah. Right. So, so he was sharp. Byron, when we were uh, when I was at your Oscar party there and the opening monologue, I guess we were all taken by surprise. We didn't, I mean... As a fan of Chris Rock, maybe I expected a little too much of a stand-up when really that's not his role there. His role yeah. is to host, right? Yes. So maybe I was wrong. Maybe our expectations were a bit off. With I think Chris because Rock. we're stand-ups yes. and we just think we expect stand-up Chris Rock because right. we are fans. Well said. That's what we expect. But well, his it's... audience isn't. I mean, the Oscars audience is like a lot of like white people sitting mm-hmm. at home right. and, you know, older people and Think about it. A lot of black people in America boycotted even watching the Oscars. So he's not even performing for his crowd. There you go. So now he's got to appeal to a mass audience. And plus, you've got producers from the Oscars chirping in your ear about Mm -hmm. how far you should take a joke and and how you should scale it back. So he's got to kind of please everyone. And that's Mm -hmm. the job of a host. I mean, I host all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not really about you. Whereas if you're doing stand up. It's so about you. Like, yeah. it better be about you. Mm-hmm. You better make it about you. But as a host, it's about making this show amazing. And yes. Bringing um, everyone to the forefront and making them look great and really just encompassing everything. That's so as a host, he he did a fine. Byron, was I, I don't know if I was picking up on a wrong vibe at your party at the opening monologue when he was talking about, he's pretty criticizing filmmakers for not making enough movies with roles for blacks. And with a room full of filmmakers, did I sense the tension there or was that just me kind of looking into things as I often do? No, I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> Were you I mean, offended? It's, it's a lot, no, of course not. It's, it's a lot higher than the Academy Awards. Listen, the Oscar is the pinnacle award in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, just because that there's somebody, you know, who's in uh, straight out of Compton, is it Oscar worthy? Yes. No. It is. Sorry. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's the best of the best. You know, the reason in everything else, sure, the, you know, the, there has to be things that are done at the academy level and, and the voting people and, and kind of call the pack mm-hmm. and bring in some new people who are representative of the industry. But it just has little to do with the academy. That's the final you know, look in television. They do a lot better with uh, – Awards, with, uh, the awards and representation, and yes, the it, Golden Globes yeah, and the true. DGA and the People's yeah, Choice Awards. But does it have to be even, faster. Stephen? Like, what do you mean representation? Like, it well, goes, here's the, here's well, my mean, thing. We don't want to get guys. into quotas. Yes. My thing is, it's That's not right. just black people that are not being represented in mm-hmm. film. It's a bunch of different cultures and levels of diversity. Like, when's the last time you saw a disabled person? How many mm-hmm. Asian people are, um, right. you know, at the forefront of films? It's mm-hmm. just, there's a broader issue, and it's mm-hmm. not just Oscars are so white, which means, hey, that means there's not enough black people. Well, there's not enough Indian. There's not enough Asians. There's mm-hmm. not enough, you know, Italians or Greeks. That's right. Well, listen, We've got to write our own the, material, make our own movies if you're the, Nia Verdalos. That's right. No one's, okay. no one's putting you in a film. Right. You've got to make your own Okay, so stuff. why so why isn't Will Smith doing more of it then? Um, Byron, filmmaker. 
Well, uh, you know, it, it all starts at the top, and yeah. you know, you're pitching material, and it has to be greenlit, and you're yeah. looking for support from a distributor, ah. looking for support from the studios and the network. There you go. So and what's sellable it. is what you're saying? Well, it's not just sellable. It just has to be material that uh, the people are willing to support and market, and that's the key. You can produce anything, but if it, uh, you know, the sad case, the Netflix show uh, that Idris did, and he was rewarded at BAFTA, and he won Independent Spirit mm-hmm. uh, for for Beast of the Nose Nation. Problem is the politic. The mm-hmm. politic is here's a movie that Netflix wants to release, day and date, but the theaters say no, 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 guys, we can't do that. We're in the we're in the feature business, so mm-hmm. it's the theatrical experience. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do day and date, we're out. Mm-hmm. So it it didn't screen at a lot of theaters in America. Interesting. And people didn't even know about the movie, you well, know, unless you have Netflix. So there's reasons behind uh, it, and it has nothing to do with the actors. It's like uh, the film wasn't in the theater. I never saw it. Mm-hmm. I don't have Netflix. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, all there's many reasons why things aren't being done or things aren't being seen. That's a good point. That's from- the truth. That's a great point from our host here, Byron Martin, on the phone. He's a producer, uh, developed uh, independent film. You have your uh, show backstage coming up on Family Channel this month. Uh, it's like fame, right? It's it's like fame. It's yep. a tremendous cast, really talented young people. Yeah. And it's 30 episodes of, uh, you know, a lot of fun, great characters, and uh, it's a fantastic series. And uh, known for your Oscar party, thanks for having me. That was so much fun. And Carolyn Kelly, love you. And uh, we're going to have more after the break because you know what's sellable, folks? This show, Hakeem Optical. Um, <laughs> Optical. You can have it all with Hakeem Optical. Uh, more on that after the break. Thank you to Byron Martin. We'll stay tuned with more Didi Demacos after the break on Inside Jokes. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Talk Radio, AM 640, and HD Radio. And we're back. I'm Santa Cruzy Inside Jokes. Dini Demacco is here in studio. Welcome hey. back, Dini. Thank you. You know, I had Trevor Noah on earlier in the show. Yeah. And we were talking about a little bit about the censorship uh, issue. And Trevor was saying, you know, if we keep censoring ourselves, soon nobody will be talking. Right. Know? And uh, one of the things I brought up, because Trevor has been at Just for Laughs, and Mike Ward is a, a big uh, comedian who performs at Just for Laughs and the Nasty Show. Right. Right. And as you know, we talked about earlier, he's up against the Human Rights Tribunal for something he said about a Quebec teenager, Jeremy Gabriel, who uh, has a facial disfigurement and a disability. And the joke that he said, you know, Ward is saying, look, it's comedy, it's dark humor. And he likes to speak out against taboos. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what he said in, in somewhat context, the best we could do here is so Gabriel got to go do a papal visit and perform for him. And um, what Mike uh, Ward said was, but now five years later, he's still not dead. Me, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> me, I defended him like an idiot and he won't die. Right. So that's quote unquote what Ward said. Yeah. And you're laughing. It's funny. Is, it's funny. It's a well composed joke. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems pretty harmless on the surface. It's not something that maybe you wouldn't think if you came across the story yourself of this kid who got to meet the Pope under yeah. the guise that, you know, he only had so much time to live. <laughs> and five years later, this kid's still kicking. So he's kind of kicking ass. This kid's doing mm-hmm. well. What the hell? Why is he still alive? Right. He got to meet the Pope. I- I'm alive. Why don't right. I get to meet the right. Pope? You know, why doesn't my Nona get yeah. to meet the Pope? Right. She's really half dead. That's... And she's sitting at home yeah. making cannolis for the Pope that she's never going to meet. 
So, so that's see- more the context of the joke, which I'm right. glad you've done that. Yeah. Right. And and that's what he's saying. And Gabriel says, you know, he had a hard time with his career after that. People were making fun of him at school. It hurt his confidence. It hurt. It hurt. It led to intimidation. I mean, doesn't that happen with everything? Like if you make, I make jokes of my Italian mother. So is she going to, you know, take me up on Human Rights Tribunal now? Maybe she should. Maybe she should. (laughs) I mean, this is what we're coming down to. We can't say anything. Seinfeld, you know, some of these guys won't perform at universities and colleges because of. Well, I think that's their choice. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, if they decide to go to a college and push the envelope and say whatever they want and say, Mm -hmm. F you, I don't care what you think and mic drop and leave the stage like a champion then who cares you know but it's their choice these guys are veterans who've been doing comedy for years and they're like well we just don't want to do it that's our preference right (laughs) and i'm there's no shortage of gigs for those guys i mean rock just did the oscars and you know seinfeld probably just went to oprah's house on the weekend and like (laughs) for coffee just yeah and bread she loves bread yes so (laughs) two points two points oprah okay so you know that's a different situation once we've got this situation you've got a kid who's like kind of like nobody. This claim to fame is that Mm -hmm. he got to meet the Pope, okay? Mm -hmm. He's been made fun of his whole life. This might have just been the straw that broke the camel's back, right? It's not like you or I who are super hot and everywhere (laughs) we go, dudes are like, hey, and girls are like, oh my God, how can I be you? And it's like, I don't know. It just comes so naturally, right? I mean, everywhere (laughs) this kid goes, he gets railed on. And then here's an awesome comedian making fun of him. And he's like, what the hell? I can't catch a break. I'm taking this to the Human Rights Tribunal. I say go for it, kid. Let's see how far he can get. And but and this now opens the door for more of this. Then, as comedians, what are we going to do? Shackled, get shackled? No, I think that is just going to make Mike Ward way more popular than he ah, already is. Okay, and I okay. think that you've got to spin it and market it. And yes. le- okay, let's look at someone that you don't particularly enjoy, but mm-hmm. we'll talk about Nicole Arbor, oh. who is making <laughs> a living, yeah, as a gross. internet comedian. Okay, and she didn't even get any type of popularity, really legitimately until she started attacking people whether it was instagram models like or fat people and now she's huge so there is a market for it people want it so i don't say i don't think we have to take it away i do think we have to deal with the consequences You, you know what's funny about human nature so mike ward who's a legitimate comedian who actually has solid material gets taken to the human rights tribunal but all the people that nicole arbor offends nobody's taken her and she's got hundreds of thousands of views in some cases millions and some of her stuff right. right i mean i think this is a one-off and i don't think it's going to set a big trend i don't think everyone's going to run to human rights like caitlin jenner is not going to run to the yeah. human rights tribunal because i because i said that she should her vagina <laughs> should look like kylie jenner's lips you know <laughs> she is not going to she's going to deal with that but Hello, you've TV. got you know if you're attacking a young boy right. who is disabled to begin with, probably has, doesn't have the coping skills to handle how to go to school, how to face people who are making fun of him. Mm -hmm. And now you've made an example of him and, you know. Okay, here's the thing. You know, and uh, Christine Cardozo is filling in for Vince Tedesco and we're talking as mothers on the phone because Christine goes, Christine, you supported the fact, you said we should be able, comedians should be able to. And I said, you're a mother, how would you like it if it was your kid? Listen, if I heard the joke on the playground, I'd punch the guy, okay? Okay. But, you know, it doesn't matter that you might not find it funny. It doesn't matter that, you know, you hurt my kids' feelings. 
the joke in context and context is the big word here. And if it's done in a nightclub or if it's yes. not done in a schoolyard yes. or to the kid's face. It's open game. Then it's open game to the degree yeah. that everyone is just a little too sensitive these days. And I'm just getting really tired of yeah, it. Yeah, it's too much. Dini, do we know, because the article doesn't say, was it in a comedy club? Do we know if what he this said? This is like, I don't know yeah. how savvy this kid is that he found this out or his pals going to clubs on the weekend. Told him. and to- I don't and know. Said, yeah, that's important. You think that's relevant to the case? Absolutely. Because Mike Ward uh, didn't, uh, like, he didn't, the joke became bigger and it only became bigger once the kid complained mm-hmm. i never heard of the kid mm-hmm. i never knew the kid's feelings were hurt etc until mm-hmm. the mom took it to the tribunal yes and so at the end of the day it's a joke you might not not like it i'm good with that you know that's what? fine but the fact is it's yeah. a joke and we all have to just calm down and not take every single complaint you know what it to is? To the principal or to the right. human rights it's tribunal or to this or to that. It's, you know, Isn't it? don't get me wrong. I get feelings get hurt. This guy's feelings are hurt. As a mom, I look at it differently. As someone in the business, I've got to just say enough with the censorship. Yeah, this might have more to do about helicopter mommy. Who knows? I mean, we could talk about that as moms on a whole I just think subject. it's pretty pathetic that meeting the Pope didn't get you on the map, but being made fun of by a comedian did. Precisely. What does, well, Precisely. hey, we're in a Kardashian <laughs> culture and Nicole Arbor's popular. There you go. What more do you want? You know what else is popular? Hakeem Optical. <laughs> I, I, have, I have never looked hotter. I'm just going to tell you, because Dee Dee Tobacco's wears nice lenses, uh, nice specs, and we're going to get a picture of her in her hers and in mine because uh, Hakeem has a great sale going on right now. I'm Santa Carusi on Inside Jokes with Dini Demacos in studio, guesting producer Christine Cardoso on Inside Jokes. Talk radio, AM 640. Now back to Inside Jokes on Talk Radio, AM 640 and HD Radio. Oh, I'm having a blast with uh, old friend, comedian, Dini Demacos. Welcome back. Old friend, but so young at so the same time. How is it possible? So much younger than me. DiniDemacos.com <laughs> with your young little beautiful two and a half year old at home. Yeah, Odessa. She's perfect. I'm raising a genius, so <laughs> my days are, are really jam-packed. Until she starts mouthing back at you. And no, she already at... is. She's oh, already no. telling me to like go sit somewhere else and be quiet, mom. And I'm like... <laughs> That's amazing. She, I want you to tell me to go away so I can have me time. Is she inspiring uh, comedy? Are, are you f- going there yet? It's hard to make fun of someone so perfect. It's not <laughs> like that disfigured kid that's like an easy target where I can go on stage and be like, yeah, right, the Pope, right. Mm, he doesn't even like you. He told me and he gave me a wafer. Uh, I don't know what the Pope does. I'm not Italian. But it's hard raising such a perfect human being. But of course, coming from me, I don't know what I expected. I just wanted to know when my body will bounce back. Like, I'm still waiting for that. Like, how come I still have two cow stomachs? How come they haven't merged into one? You know, I have a upper and lower hemisphere. I'm just wondering when that'll sort itself out. Welcome to my age. You're so much younger than me. You're on a lot of auditions, though. You're out. You're getting yeah. back in the groove after mommy life. Yeah, I'm on a lot of mom auditions, if that tells you anything. As role as mom? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, they're So do you have food looking... on your face when you do these and like mom pants or like do... What, what is I, a mom? Every pant on me becomes a mom <laughs> pant because it has to cover the stomachs the and gunt. the gunt and, and I the love butt. that word. That, that's an underused word is gunt. Uh, Dini <laughs> Demacos, 
Um, I'm just going to do some listings here, and you know a lot of these comics. You know what? Let's, yeah, let's, let's talk the, about them, and I'll tell you if they're them. any good. Okay, good. Uh, by the way, we're going to do an on-air plea. Uh, Dean DiMacco is, you know, I opened for Angela and Frank Spadone because I uh, begged to, and I think you yeah, and I me. I thought you said I banged. Yeah, two of them. I tried. I tried to bang them. <laughs> That's how I got on their show. I just banged them repeatedly. <laughs> well, we should be banging them. They the, begged me to stop. Let's do the Greek-Italian show, Girls and Boys, um, and we're going to talk to those guys and make them do it. Okay. Okay. So March 19th, we had Trevor Noah earlier. He's going to be at Casino Rama. Tickets at Ticketmaster. Oh, Casino Rama. That's Rama. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then okay. April 1st, I'm performing for the Mississauga Meadowvale Rotary at the Streets of Legion. Dini. <laughs> okay. Are you like raising money for a kitty park or something? Because that's all Rotary does. Well, we're raising money this uh, week. Uh, we raised already $5. It's so we expect a hospice. huge turnout. The Hard House Hospice. Oh, hospice. So go to rotarymeadowvale.ca. I'm playing the Legion, okay? I don't want to brag. Um, And you know what else? (laughs) Comic Vision. Speaking of Vision and Hakeem Optical, helping you see comedy better. April 14th, (laughs) (laughs) the debaters is going to be going live from the ROM as part of Comic Vision with Allison June Smith, who's the host. You know her. Yeah, so she's an amazing comic former teacher. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, who uh, killed it on the scene with Yuck Yucks here as much as you can in Canada. And then uh, fled to London, United Kingdom, and is just doing great there and opening for major players and major comics and having great shows. So. Oh, so you could check her out at the ROM, Allison June Smith, hosting the Debaters Live. And you could go to info at comicvision.ca to check that out. There's also a GTA West show. Um, so check them out. I'm Santa Cruz. Thank you, Dini DiMacos. Thank you. Thank you, Christine Cardozo, for filling in for Tedesco. You're so much better, better hair on you. Uh, producer Tom, I love you. And uh, we're going to go to our Comic Rx with our buddy Trevor Noah. I'm Santa Carusi. Listen to us on iTunes or, of course, 640toronto.com on Talk Radio AM 640. And so this, this world is awkward for me growing up because, uh, because I grew up in a mixed family. Uh, well, with me being the mixed one in the family. My, uh, my mother's a black woman, Hossa woman, born in South Africa. Uh, that's one of the languages with the clicks, Hossa, Hossa. So a black woman. And then uh, my father's Swiss. But they didn't care, you know. They were mavericks of fighting the system. My mom was arrested for being with my dad. She would get fined. She would get thrown into prison for the weekend. But still, she'd come back and she's like, Woo! I don't care! I don't care! Woo! Come tell me who to love! I want a white man! Woo! It's crazy, my mom. It's crazy, you know? And my dad was also like, Well, you know how the Swiss love chocolate. So he was... He was in there, you know? And so... And so they got together, and they had me, which was illegal, so, so I was born a crime, which is, which is something I don't think they ever thought through, because as a family, we couldn't live together, you know? Like in the streets, we couldn't even be seen together. My father would have to walk on the other side of the road, and he could just wave at me from far, like a creepy pedophile. <laughs> or like a pedophile, I didn't have to say creepy, like a pedophile. <laughs> no, because creepy implies there's some other sort of pedophile, there is none, there's no, there's no classy pedophile, there's no need. They're like, afternoon, ladies, afternoon. afternoon. No, no, just browsing, just browsing. <laughs> he's so classy. No, he's a pedophile. And, uh, my mom could walk with me. My mom could walk with me. But, uh, but if the police showed up, she'd have to let go of my hand and drop me and act like I wasn't hers. Every single time. Because we, we weren't supposed to exist as a family. So my mom would, would let go. It was like a little game we played. Police would show up like, woo. She'd be like, woo, woo, I don't know, I don't know. No, no, it's not mine, it's not mine. Oh, no, I don't know. It was horrible for me. I felt like a bag of weed. It was a tough time. <laughs>